Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. In the spring of last year, the Ontario Health Team Northumberland launched a strategic planning process. This is the group that is made up of all the healthcare providers from across the county. From the hospitals to long-term care, from family physicians to mental health workers, this group is trying to reform the local system. The results of this consultation with both the public and those within the health care system was the basis for the plan. It was released just before Christmas. On today's show, one of the co-chairs of the health team, Adrian Bell-Smith, will discuss how they hope to improve the system. I'm so pleased to have with me today Adrian Bell-Smith, Executive Director of the Northumberland Family Health Team and the co-chair of the Ontario Health Team Northumberland. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland. Thank you. Pleased to be here. I want to start with the community demographics because in your report, it identifies a number of characteristics about Northumberland County. Some of it people might not think is obvious, but there are some aspects, again, that are not. The report states that we have an aging population. Now that's something pretty much everybody knows, but it also says we have a higher rate of chronic diseases like arthritis and diabetes. It also says we have a lower than average income level higher rate of smokers, fewer adults with post-secondary education, higher rates of overweight people, higher rates of people saying they have poor or fair health, and higher rates of emergency room visits, along with higher rates of premature death than what is average elsewhere. Now, these are really powerful insights. What was your reaction when you heard all those statistics? Absolutely. Well, you know, working in healthcare, and I have worked in local healthcare in Northumberland for uh, about 20 years now, um, I was aware of these statistics. Um, so they weren't shocking to me, um, but certainly were great reminders of areas where, you know, we really have opportunities to come together in Northumberland to do some very targeted and local um, change and decision-making to help improve things for our community. The need is there. The burning platform is there, without a doubt. I guess the question then becomes for me is, with all these factors floating out there, how does the health team interpret this stuff into something that is actionable. When you say that we have higher rates of chronic disease, when we have lower education levels, when all that stuff you start talking about it, how does that impact then how you think about creating solutions? Absolutely. Well, I think the most important thing is trying to uncover root causes, the why. Um, and the only way we can do that 
is in conversations and looking at local data, um, talking to our residents, talking to our community, talking to our frontline providers to understand what the contributing factors are, both from a health perspective, you know, are there certain um, disease demographics that are diseases that are prevalent in our in our community and our populations, but also so, so important is looking at those social factors that impact health and wellness. For example, as you mentioned, we've got an aging population. So we know age has an impact on wellness um, naturally, um, but also we've got a very rural population. How does that impact the ability to stay well. Um, looking at things like income, education, um, people who are unhoused, people that are struggling with um, income, um, with food security, shelter, those are all factors that can impact on somebody's ability to be well. Um, and so all of those are areas that we really have to dig into and say, what are the root causes um, for some of these uh, statistics. The Ontario Health Team Northumberland has been around for a while, and I know they've accomplished a number of things. So let's just quickly uh, refresh our memories. And can you tell us what you've already done before we get into the strategic plan? Absolutely. I'm so, so proud to talk about our local Ontario health team. Um, we were one of the first Ontario health teams in Ontario to adopt this model that was introduced by the government. We were formed in December 2019. Um, so three years ago, um, a very important and a very busy three years in the context of healthcare, for sure. Um, and really at that time, when we were first forming, um, our Ontario health team was really about forming a local partnership and a commitment to achieving better health for our community using a one team approach. So all working together with community partners, healthcare providers, community services to say, how can we make things better um, and help uh, improve wellness in our community? Um, including input and very strong input from community providers or community um, members. Uh, we had the initial focus, I mentioned earlier rural, um, one of the first focuses of our Ontario health team was focusing on the complex or vulnerable rural population. As we know, often people living outside of our major city centers struggle to access care and have unique barriers to achieving health care. Um, so through that focus, our initial um, initiatives that have been quite successful um, is introducing community paramedicine. So that's using our local um, paramedics to provide care, not just transporting people to hospital, but providing care for people in their homes, including people with chronic disease. Um, so it could be somebody with heart failure or diabetes, having a paramedic come in and do checks and monitor them and informing and notifying uh, their doctor early, early on if things are getting off track rather than waiting for things to get into crisis. That's been a huge success. Um, certainly our rural outreach clinic uh, in 
in uh, Colborne, where we've established um, a, a physical clinic location with services provided by many of our partners um, based on what the community told us was missing in their community. Um, so that's been a wonderful success as well. And then very quickly, we turned um, a big attention to supporting our community through COVID. Um, you know, COVID hit us quite quickly after we formed our Ontario Health Team. And without a doubt, um, I believe that many of our local successes in managing and dealing and supporting those through this time has come from the relationships formed um, through the partnerships of the Ontario Health Team. I'd like to now talk about the strategic plan. Yeah. So one area the plan targets is primary and specialty care. Yes. So what are your goals when it comes to this area? Our goals related to access to primary and specialty care, as well as other services, is to make sure that everybody within Northumberland has access to the basic and foundational bucket of services, other than the very unique, very specialized things that you may have to go to a bigger center for. Um, so whether that's um, you know being attached, making sure as many people as possible are attached and have a local family um, family uh, primary care provider um, or have access to uh, mental health services, health prevention, health promotion, you know, all the tools and services and supports that are needed to be well locally. That's really interesting because uh, when you talk about that, it's aspirational because I, I know that there are lots of people out there that don't have uh, doctors that they can go to. A, you know, we call them a family doctor, I guess, or a general practitioner. Um, I know that, you know, mental health services, while there are lots of good services and it has improved over the years, there's still gaps in the mental health service field. So by stating this in the strategic plan, how are you going to get there? How are you going to make sure you're going to reach your goal over the next five years? Absolutely. And you're right. They are very aspirational goals, but they're also fundamentals, I believe, are fundamentals in, in achieving wellness. Um, there's many different ways that we're going to go about um, achieving improvements. Uh, first of all, certainly by working together. So breaking down some of the it, originally we've tended to approach many of this many of these problems in silos so you know the hospitals working on improving the hospital primary care working on improving primary care um, what we're doing through the ontario health team is bringing the whole system together and looking together to say what parts are are there gaps and how can we be creative in solving those problems the other piece I think that's really exciting and interesting in the work that we're doing through the strategic plan is we are committed to developing a, um, a common advocacy platform and messaging so that, you know, we can speak together as a system of providers, of residents, um, of 
different people in the system, whether it's health or social services, to ask for what we aren't able to create locally with the resources that we currently have. Um, so, you know, I think having that common advocacy platform will be a really interesting and great opportunity to help move some of these forward. But of course, first, we're committed to trying to problem solve, um, you know, and look at what we have locally and can we organize differently? Um, can we use what we have differently to help close some of these gaps? You mentioned family doctors, um, but also, you know, I work in primary care and family health team, which is team-based primary care. So the family doctor works with nurse practitioners, nurses, physiotherapists, mental health counselors in my organization to provide that um, primary care or that traditional family medicine. Um, um, to residents, you know, how can we expand on that, capitalize on that, use the, you know, wonderful providers and of all different types and scopes of practice within our community to meet our needs? Are we doing that as well as we can? Um, I say we, we have more room to grow. How do you measure this? I mean, is it like things like reduced wait times and emerge? Is, you know, is it how many people we screen for cancer? Uh, how do you measure all this? <laughs> Absolutely. The, the measurement of this is, is you know, there's, there's reams and reams of data that you can look at, that you can access, that you can measure. But, you know, we're really focused on some key measures in four buckets. Um, you may have heard of quadruple aim when you're talking about healthcare or wellness. So um, the first one is looking at health outcomes. Um, so, you know, how well our people are, um, you know, how prevalent our chronic disease is. Um, you know, you mentioned um, uh, death or mortality rates, um, eMERGE department usage. Those are all outcome measures. We also, the second bucket, is experience measures. So for people who are accessing healthcare wellness supports, what is their experience? Um, did they find it easy to get what they need, easy to find what they need? Did they feel welcome and treated with respect? Were there any barriers that they experienced in accessing care? Um, the third bucket that we look at is provider experience. Um, you know, we know, especially through COVID, our health human resources have been hit hard. Um, I can speak for, I think, the providers across Northumberland to say, you know, we're exhausted. It's been a long journey, um, as is the community. And, you know, we've really been working diligently, but we know that there's a health human resource um, uh, challenge before us. So we need to make sure as our OHT that our providers feel supported and that they can work as efficiently as possible. You know, minimize some of the administrative work that our frontline providers are burdened with and let them provide the best care they can. Um, and then the fourth area is, is value. Value to our community, value for our taxpayer dollars that fund our system. You know, are we getting the biggest bang for our buck? Um, so we tend to look at key metrics and indicators under each four, each of those four areas to make sure that we're when we make change, that it's balanced. 
um, that it's imp making improvements in, um, in each of those areas or in as many of those areas as possible. I'd like to move on now and talk about another area of focus within the strategic plan, which is identified as helping older adults with complex conditions. What's that all about? Mm -hmm. Helping older adults with complex conditions is really about providing the support to so making sure supports are available and services are available so that as people age, they can live as well and with as most quality of life and as independently um, at home or in their chosen residence as long as possible. So it's really looking at wellness, health, as well as with a big focus on quality of life um, and preparing, um, preparing for some of the challenges that may face us all as we age, um, being prepared and informed around decision making. Um, and, um, you know, if we do struggle with chronic diseases, as we all may, as many of us do as we age, um, being informed about those chronic diseases so that we can manage those um, with a team of supports the best we can. Um, so it's really, it's really about maintaining quality of life and independence. Another area that is identified is mental health and addictions. Now, the plan calls for a countywide approach. Is yeah. that not the case now? Um, we do have pockets of countywide approaches, and we have some very fantastic services, mental health services in Northumberland. Um, and I would say in mental health, that is one of the areas where we've started coming together um, in joint tables, looking at mental health and mental health supports. But there's more that we can do to make sure that for the patients and what we hear from our patients and community is sometimes mental health can be very hard to navigate. Um, you know, we have many different options for many different, you know, not all mental health conditions are the same um, or need the same amount of support. So sometimes it can be difficult to figure out for yourself or your loved one, where do I go for what? Um, who do I call? So really under mental health, our first step is making sure that our programs and services are very, very well connected and easy to navigate. Looking at, you know, I can go to any door, um, whether it's my family doctor or, um, you know, if I'm going to uh, uh, a mental health, like a walk-in clinic, um, like we have at the hospital or, you know, through my child's school, um, if I'm concerned about my child's mental health, that any of those avenues are an opportunity to say, this is what's going on with me and how do I get connected with the right support? Um, so we're looking at how do we take the burden of that navigation off the patient or the caregiver um, and help people feel more supported in figuring out what to do and where to get help. We see mental health and addiction manifest in many ways. Uh, recently, we've seen uh, issues around homelessness and finding people unsheltered. And there's always talk that, you know, some of the reason that these people are out there is mental health. 
We also have an opioid crisis to a point that the the public health unit um, is announcing, you know, uh, warnings on a regular basis now about uh, contamination of of opioids that people use and deaths due to uh, opioid overdose. These are crises within the community. How does this strategic plan address these crises so that we start to address some of these very serious problems? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, first of all, it's acknowledging that these crises exist and they exist locally. Um, these aren't just big city problems. Um, they are here in Northumberland. And then secondly, as I mentioned um, earlier, talking about root causes. What are the contributing factors to things like um, homelessness and opioid use and overuse and abuse um, and addiction in our community? And then developing targeted strategies for both of those. Um, Really looking at, again, that's why it's so important to look beyond the kind of medicine when you're looking at healthcare. Um, so much depends on uh, those social determinants. Um, you know, so initially, even just screening, um, one of the things looking at, you know, how are we asking people all the time? Do you have enough to eat? Do you have income? Are you struggling um, with finding shelter? Um, What is your, are you taking medications? Are you taking substances? Are you struggling with mental health or addictions? Um, Both, you know, within the healthcare system, but as well within community um, so that we can um, support people as quickly as possible. It goes back again as well to that navigation piece, um, connecting people with supports uh, in a very respectful way, meeting people where they're at um, and in an easy way that reduces barriers. Um, Again, I say taking the burden off people who are struggling, you know, somebody who's struggling with financial issues, with being under sheltered, um, with um, addictions issues, you know, it's hard to be struggling with those conditions, but also self-advocate and be the person to try to find those those supports. Um, So how can we make it easy and provide some of those wraparound? Um, I failed to mention one of our other initial programs is uh, volunteer peer support, um, which is a great program being spearheaded by Community Care Northumberland, where matching trained volunteer peer supports um, with people who just need that assistance to um, either navigate advocate for themselves or, you know, just be that caregiver. We all don't have that, you know, supportive spouse or supportive parent or child to when we get sick to help us get well again. So providing some of that that support and connection for people. But but what does it say about about this situation with mental health and, and addiction when the police are becoming the first responders to calls of overdose? 
Well, and I and I do know I'll touch on it a little bit, although the program's not within um, my area of expertise. But I do know we're doing a lot to partner with our policing service. And you know, Northumberland Hills Hospital has partnered to provide mental health responders that will go along with police to um, community calls that involve either addictions or mental health issues, um, so that we are. Um, providing a more mental health first response um, while also managing safety of the person and safety of the community at the same time. Um, I think there's also opportunities and we identified in our plan um, a need to grow our capacity locally amongst our, our providers, our community, both from health care, service providers, as you mentioned, police, um, even other community services like the library and and around, you know, how do we how do we welcome and support people who are struggling um, or a diverse community um, while reducing stigma, um, making sure that people feel able to participate or um, receive support, reduce those barriers. And we have the obligation to do that. You make a very passionate case for this integrated approach of not just looking at it from a medical standpoint, but from also social factors. Where do does the political system locally fit into all of this? Because a lot of what you're talking about are programs and solutions that are provided by politicians at various levels of government, particularly locally, the county and our seven municipal uh, councils. So where do they fit in? Are they at this table? Are are they, Absolutely. are you advocating with them? And, and how effective is that in terms of moving this, these approaches forward? Yeah, it's been key. Key. And I think this is something that's been new with the Ontario Health Team collaboration that is a big change from where we've been before. Um, Northumberland County is one of the partners um, in at the collaborative uh, table for the Ontario Health Team and have been so key in helping with um, identifying solutions and supporting um, supporting rollout. For example, a, a very easy um, and practical one, when we were looking at setting up the COVID vaccination clinic as an Ontario health team, um, Northumberland County stuck their hands up and said, hey, we've got workers that are, you know, not able to work right now because of services that are on hold. Can we set up a call center for you to help book appointments for vaccination for seniors over 80. Um, that would have never come to be if we didn't have this Ontario health team um, formed. I believe that strongly. Um, the other big example is look at what we're doing in Colburn. Um, you know, the Colburn Outreach Clinic, that the fiscal space for that was very, very graciously provided to us by the Township of Crammy. Um, and uh, also they facilitated um, and let us use their, they have a kind of community surveying 
process that they've used to engage with the community in Colburn and Crammy Township um, that we partnered with them and said, you know, can you reach out to your community and ask what the gaps are and what you need? So, you know, we really do. Um, we need to work so, so closely um, with them, um, both at a systems level as as well as practically on the ground and making sure that, you know, my my doctor, my family doctor um, has an easy way when he has somebody, a patient in front of them with some um, social challenges or barriers um, can easily connect them or put them in touch with someone who can connect them with not just health services, but those social services as well. Um, and we have to be working together in order to do that. How's all this going to be funded? <laughs> that is the question. So initially, I'll give you a little bit of background here. So initially, when our family health team came together, um, it was as a partnership. It was pretty grassroots um, when we applied to form as an Ontario health team. Um, and any work that needed to be done was through cost sharing of our local organizations. So there was no net new funding that went into this. Um, it was how can we reorganize and shuffle the shells to do what we need to do to make these improvements. As the government of Ontario really wanted to expand and um, really solidify the Ontario health team model throughout um, the province, they have been providing some one-time funding for implementation activities. Um, so that doesn't include, you know, what we're going to pay you a salary for a nurse, because um, it's not ongoing funding, it's one time, but it's really to set ourselves up and establish ourselves um, and to put get some of those backbone things going um, to, to, um, to really solidify and set a good groundwork for for this partnership. Um, that one-time funding we received in 22-23, and we have a little bit in 23-24 for the upcoming year. Um, and uh, we also apply to many, many grants and opportunities. So our, our health team, Ontario health team is always looking at what are the provincial priorities? What, where can we align with those so that we can grab onto available funding um, in the community, but also, you know, it's really the bulk of the work that's being done um, by the Ontario Health Team is being done by people who are currently working in our health and community service organizations. Um, so it's really looking at prioritizing what we're doing and making room and building capacity for this work to happen. Um, because we're all very, very committed to, you know, this is the work we've been committing, we've been committed to for a long time. The Ontario Health Team is really the vehicle to do that. Um, so it's really realigning our, our resources to make it happen. Do you have any budget? 
Yeah, so we're we're in the process of costing out our strategic plan. I can say, you know, this year we did receive uh, the implementation funding for uh, for 22-23 of $750,000. Um, we're looking at uh, for 23-24, that goes to $325,000. Um, and then, and really that's startup. It's really like, kickstart money, um, if you think of it in those terms, um, to organize, to develop these things, to look at, you know, getting people to the tables. Um, you know, we want to be respectful of, we've asked for a huge um, participation from community. So making sure people can show up at the tables, that they have transportation, that they have support. Um, we do have a director and a project coordinator um, to organize a lot of this work. But moving forward in terms of changes to services, um, you know, we, our commitment and really the objective is to realign and reorganize our existing resources and services. And then where there are gaps, then we advocate for the budget and say, you know, we've gone this far, um, we've shared services, we've shared costs. Um, that's another interesting structure that has come from, or an opportunity that's come from this partnership is, um, you know, even if you look at things like the Rural Outreach Clinic, you know, we've been cost sharing some of that or contributing shared services. So from my organization, I provide once a month a foot care specialist, a shropodist um, to go out to Colburn. Um, the uh, Community Health Centre of Northumberland gives a piece of their diabetes education program to go out. So taking little bits and pieces from everybody, we can, we can offer, you know, collective greater good. Um, so that's really first step um, of how we're doing this is, is through finding efficiencies and reorganizing. It's incredible the amount of resources, both from the organizations themselves and reallocating them, but also, I mean, you basically told me that in two years, you're going to spend a million dollars. That, that's a lot of money. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm sure there must be a lot of pressure to justify that money and, and get results. So how do you how do you then I know it goes back to kind of a little bit of what we talked about before, but how where do you look so that you can come back to the public and say, OK, we've spent this money, we've allocated all these resources. Guess what? Here's here's the measurement that says it's working or it's not. Absolutely. And that's where we go back to that scorecard approach and our outcomes yeah. and reporting on those, as well as we'll be putting out, continuing to having conversations with our community through town halls and, you know, posting regular reporting back through our website um, at OHTN, uh, OHTNorthumberland.ca um, around what we're doing and how we're spending that money. Um, another example I will, uh, I can share is in the digital digital health realm. And we know anything with technology can get expensive. One of the initiatives that we've been quite successful with 
um, through our local OHT is getting our primary care providers to implement online appointment booking um, and implementing um, getting online appointment booking systems uh, available in each of our primary care organizations so that people can have multiple ways, uh, telephone or online, to book an appointment when they need it and to help with the challenge that we heard about, I try to call my family doctor and the phones are busy. Um, so that's a very practical area where we've used some of this one-time funding to say, well, let's buy some systems that will help make, make things flow better. So where is the accountability then internally who keeps an eye on all of this to make sure that these plans get implemented and that you're moving the ball forward and that it's effective? Yes. So we have a, a collaboration council, um, which is really the um, the governance level, the decision-making body with a formal agreement um, for our Ontario Health Team of Northumberland. And it is that body that I co-chair with my partner, Trish Baird, um, who's the executive director of Community Care Northumberland. Um, and we have uh, voting members of each of our 20 partners um, partner organizations that represent different sectors and stakeholders, including a lived experience, so uh, a patient or caregiver that has a vote at that table and a primary care provider to make sure that, you know, we have frontline um, uh, eyes on um, the decision making. Um, and then we have accountability agreements with the ministry and with Ontario Health. Um, so, you know, as much as we're working on local solutions to local problems, um, we're doing that within an accountability structure and framework for um, provided by the province. Um, you know, general, they give us the broad strokes, the, the sandbox to play in, if you will. And then we say, how can we do that to, to achieve what the province sets out as our mandate, um, but also tie it to local issues. Um, so we do have accountability agreements with the Ministry of Health, and that's where our funding comes. And there are accountabilities tied to that, of course. There's always reporting. Um, where there's money, there's reporting. So what's next? <laughs> Absolutely. So what's coming up? So certainly we're looking at um, moving forward with implementing our strategic plan, of course. So we really embarked on this deep dive and, and unique process of engagement with our community. We've, as you've mentioned, identified our three kind of priority areas. Um, and you'll see our report is available, our full report. Um, strategic plan is available on our website as well. Um, but there's really nine areas um, as well that we want to um, pursue excellence in. And that includes things like ensuring funding, looking at digital health, looking at um, clinical roadmaps and pathways best practices for some specific populations like congestive heart failure, diabetes, COPD, and stroke. Um, looking at those conditions front to back, right, from prevention to chronic management to make sure that 
we are providing best and evidence-informed practice. Um, so walking through each of those chronic conditions. Um, you know, we're really, really glad that the government has also renewed its commitment to the Ontario Health Team model. Um, and they just, uh, just prior to Christmas, released, um, it's called a plan to accelerate Ontario health teams for the province. So we're looking forward to, um, they provided a vision and now we're looking to them to say, to the province to say, okay, what does this mean for us? Um, so we look forward to receiving that information. Um, and then, you know, really taking a look at, um, for those priority areas that we identified, uh, you know, doing that gap analysis, we've done some of that in our strategic plan, but now it's really, you know, doing the work to start coordinating those tables. Um, you know, I mentioned that the work is being done by people who already exist in the system. So, you know, what tables exist that we can use? We don't want to make more meetings. We don't want to make more tables, more committees. Is there a way to reorganize so that we are all, the goal of the strategic plan is to make sure we can all focus on our priorities and work together. So there's some work to do in order to shift from the way we're working now to get that done. Um, start implementing um, and start doing, getting some of those quick wins. Um, looking at another big area is COVID recovery right now. Um, yes, we are still in COVID. So I don't want to say COVID recovery as in COVID's all gone. But um, we know in the past three years, there's been um, care that's been put on hold um, as we deal with, with COVID, acute COVID. Um, and we need to do some catch up. Um, so that's one of the other things we're looking at, um, specifically in the areas of preventative care. Um, you know, are people up to date on cancer screenings, on getting their PAPs, on getting their screening for colon cancer? Um, you know, people with chronic diseases, have they had check-ins? How are people doing? Um, so how do we make sure we're focusing on getting that stuff done? Um, and then uh, working through the deliverables of our strategic plan. Adrian Bell-Smith, thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. That was Adrian Bell-Smith, Executive Director, Northumberland Family Health Team and Co-Chair of the Ontario Health Team Northumberland. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. 
If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.